It's Friday, March 18th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 241. It's been a minute. How's it going, fellas? Going. I, uh, I'm supposedly not sick anymore, but you might uh, hear me immediately go on mute to not cough. So <laughs> I've been, uh, for those who don't know, I have been uh, ill for basically a month <clears throat> uh actually well, that's that's not true Russ, my wife was sick Russ, you've been sick your whole life bro you've been sick your whole bro, life that's right i've been sick my whole life uh i've been sick like eminem or like harry mack because oh my god harry mack is just i can't stop saying aaron i cannot I, yeah. I can't stop my brain can't even unbelievable with what he's producing and it's real time for him like it's just it, it, those of you who don't know just youtube Harry back and good luck with the rest of your day because it's, <laughs> it's, it's over. next level. There was even one that I thought he that I, I thought was a collaboration with a guy that they had planned. No, it was an hour and forty five minute long stream where they literally both just riffed off each other and created like a genuine, incredibly wow. good song that looks like that sounds like they planned it, but they didn't. Like it was a complete freestyle. So just wild, absolutely wild. But anyways, not not tech related other than YouTube. So let's keep rolling. Tyler, you said you had a uh, you were working on a story the other day. What was that? You said something about it. Yeah, you said something about like a um, a DMCA. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, something like that that you so, agreed with. That's right. I I already completely forgot because I've slept since then. Yeah. So uh, someone I know, and I'll I'll limit details because that would sort of defeat the purpose. They uh, I'm trying to think of the the best way to say it. Basically, they had a falling out with someone that continued to use their names and likenesses a la pictures on a website uh that that they did not want to have anything to do with anymore and um so she was she was asking me it's like how do i get rid of this and i'm i'm thinking like well i've i've never uh like gone full black hat and tried to disrupt the hosted site or anything like that so um did some lookups, figured out where it was actually hosted. And then, you know, first thing I told her was... So this was you? If you, if you, you initiated the takedown? I suggested they do. Because the first suggestion I had was just... Uh, I, at some point in the past, they had sort of co-administered the site. And I just said, well, see if you can regain control. And then you can strip your stuff and, and either hand it over or shut it down, whatever. Right? Because it was a co-administered site at some point. They reached out to the hosting provider. The hosting provider basically said, no, we can't do that, which arguably good thing because, you know, if it were me, it probably would have been like social engineering. And I would have you know, gotten a little sketch to, to get my stuff done. But then I thought about it for a second. I was like, well, wait, who took the pictures? And she and she said, well, I did on my iPhone or whatever. And I was like, ah, sounds good enough to me. Why don't you use this process? And I sent her a link to DMCA sort of takedown form. Go back to the hosting provider and submit that form claiming that your name and the pictures are yours and they don't have rights to use them. Because in my experience, and usually making me angry in the process, DMCA, they do nothing except for take the stuff down and then summary execution of whatever it is that, that's being claimed, right? And sure enough, they accepted the form and within within like three hours, the site was offline. And and of course, it's the whole site. There's not like the pictures off or something. They just totally killed the site, um, which, is, which is a fine outcome. Or did they no. just... No, they just took the form and were like, okay, <laughs> and killed it. <laughs> what? 
So uh, this could be so, used in so many nefarious ways. Oh my gosh! Yes. Excellent to me. No, but, but that was so that easy. was my take too. I was like, I was like, okay, one. I thought that might work, and now I am both giddy because it did, and I'm happy for my my friend, right? But I'm also, once again, very upset with the process because it's completely absurd. Now, this is one case where I'd say, okay, well, that was the right thing to do. They really they wanted the the site down. They didn't want to have anything to do with it, and the. The, the folks that are still hosting it um, were not uh, playing nice, but should it be that easy to take a website That's off? scary, dude. <laughs> so you used to be able to just stop anyone's mail because they wanted to make it easy for you to stop your own mail by just going sure. to the USPS uh, website and saying, hey, I live at this address. I want I you to like stop to my stop mail from this date to that date. Well, now you have to register and you have a password and you have to prove who you are and all this kind of fun stuff. But it was just funny because my wife, always on top of stuff when we travel and she would do that and she's like this is terribly easy if i wanted to stop some random person's mail because i was mad at them it would take them a week or whatever to figure it out to get it fixed yeah that's that's so true now you're not stealing their mail you're just stopping their mail but right to be able to take down somebody's site just like that like it makes me wonder was drake listening to our podcast when we played hotline (laughs) bling at the end of that episode (laughs) probably and he just went in and yeah don't submit any more takedowns. Just let us play your stuff. Get wrecked, bro. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show. Come on if you'd like. I'd like to discuss DMCA takedowns yourself. You probably have a lot of experience with it. Well, what else has been going on in y'all's life? Uh, we've been off for about a month. and it's um, Anything it's notable little... has happened in the last month. A war is going on. That's very unfortunate. Oh, that's There's a lot of right. stuff going there. Yeah, I read about yeah. that a lot. I've been obsessing uh, over daily. it. Um, I spent a significant amount of time learning about the difference between capitalism and communism, which, by the way, you, you sort of say to yourself, you're like, well, I know what communism is. It's like, but do you really? Because I've never really looked into it. And then I did. And what I learned through that is was sort of shocking to me. Russia is not a communist country. Okay. Yeah, and, right. Uh, because it's uh, because of me. Putin, right? Like, well, actually, like it's his, that would that would be a good point. Government style. It's well, not because not all, of him. Yeah, oh, but not all Russian property is publicly owned, right? And well, you know, they're you're, not you're all paid. more than I did. Yeah, they're not all paid. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Tell so us what you're, you learned. You're getting down to the it's, specifics, it's not, which isn't really the reality it's not of what it is. Nope, it, right? It's uh, not that. It is not. Um, it's not okay. So yeah, I didn't know. It's not because of Putin, although Putin is most certainly a dictator. Um, that is right. That is without without a doubt. And you have a dictator in a communist regime. It's <clears throat> a good that, question. I don't okay? know the answer to it. Where it really comes down to is the, the Soviet government. Union. So let me go through this. Well, the fall of the Soviet Union is was that was when they were a essentially a they even though they were called the whatever it was of Soviet republics. They at the end of the day, the, during the fall of the Soviet Union, they came back as a essentially a multi party republic and the key thing for a communist country is that there can only be one party and then of course there's the concept of lack of private ownership now china is a communist country one of like four left in the world and definitely the most successful but it is a capitalist economic system so it's like a state capitalist ran economic system but it is a as far as country and politics go, the way the country is ran is as a communist system. But their rise of economic power actually came through state-ran capitalism. So that was an mm-hmm. interesting thing that I learned through this process. Uh, 
yeah, just just one learning. I just didn't. I found out how much I didn't know about communism, which I guess I don't know. I guess, cool. I guess you just don't really learn about communism that much. Like you know it exists, and no. you kind of know that it's not what we do. And well, that's it kind was of the, vilified the early in our life. Yeah, and I the, think on the know, heels of... probably. I think rightly so, based on the stuff. Yeah, we I went would say through. rightly so. Sure. But you've got China. So the the ruling nations that are communist today: China, Cuba, Laos, North Korea, and Vietnam. I've been to a lot of those. There you go. And, and you know, there's there's principles of communism that I can certainly get behind. I do think there's an element of human nature that's problematic, and I think that that's yeah. ultimately why it, it largely fails. But I, I did listen to this podcast. I think I even texted you guys about it. That was a yeah, you did. It's an interesting podcast where what they do is they bring two people on and they just debate a topic with the podcast hosts being the neutral party, which I would say they're Switzerland, but it turns out they're not as neutral as they once were uh, as of recent events. And there was a capitalist person versus a communist person. And I don't necessarily believe this was like someone who lives in a communist country. Uh, I think it was actually two American people, just one who believes heavily very heavily in communism and then another one who believes heavily in cap- capitalism they couldn't have a discussion it was not possible all it all it derailed into was a significant amount of name calling and insults being thrown around and lots of f bombs i really enjoyed it actually it was quite fun <laughs> and, uh, i definitely learned nothing other than the fact that i think at the end of the day both of these guys were idiots and uh, but that was, you know, <laughs> sounds like it, a it, solid it, podcast. It was, it was good comedy. Uh, you know, I'd be interested to see how the rest of their debates turn out because this moderator at one point in time was like, okay, you guys get two minutes of uninterrupted time each, which neither one of them could concisely deliver an opinion in two minutes. So literally once that started, all it was, was no more yelling at each other. It was just coming off of each other's points, both of which would be insulting the other back and forth. No defense, all offense, which is the way it should be. And that was that was incredible. So I just enjoyed that part of it. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been going through uh, in general. I did find some tech news before, oh, yeah. I, before, before I go into find? it. Uh, I want to say that we were out of practice. And uh, <laughs> we did not do yesterday's Today in Tech History. And I want to do it because I looked it up. Okay. And oh, it's related you, to tech oh. news I found. Okay. You looked it up, right? I was, I was about to start looking it up. Don't don't look it up. Go ahead. I already I done did it. I won't. Apple I just sues Microsoft for copyright infringement, which is ironic considering, you know, Xerox and all that stuff. Seventeenth of what year Apple Computer famously sues Microsoft Corporation for copyright infringement in its Windows operating system. Apple eventually lost due to extreme hypocrisy the lawsuit in 1995. I added some words there. Does it um, say that? But... No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say that. So the, they lost in 1995. So that gives you a hint mm-hmm. that it's pre-1995. What was the year at which the lawsuit was filed and started? Mm. Apple suit and Microsoft? Know. Apple sues Microsoft. That's correct. Ninety. I believe that Steve was under the impression that Gates stole his operating system. Eighty-eight. You said ninety-two. Late eighties, then, man. Uh, Late eighties. I'm going to drop it to ninety-one. I'm going to drop ninety-one. Tyler, final answer. Sticking with eighty-eight. It's a ballsy move, Tyler. You're super close because it actually is nineteen eighty-eight. 
<laughs> yeah, so Tyler nails it. Yeah, so that was uh, 1988 was the year that we had put on display extreme hypocrisy after Steve Jobs very clearly stole from Xerox, and then he believes he was stolen from by Microsoft. Clearly wasn't. He lost. Uh, and that was uh, that was kind of fun. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And the reason why I thought it was interesting was because speaking of government and bills and stealing things or acquiring things, an, anti- an antitrust bill would bar mergers over $5 billion and <laughs> allow regulators to unwind others. So the, the complaint here is big companies have had almost free reign over our economy. So it's basically them trying to introduce legislation to deal with the age of an internet-based economy, which yeah. they were not equipped to deal with. But no. an interesting thing, thoughts. Well, dude, so my head immediately goes to, well, a bunch of different things. But the, the news I was thinking about from yesterday was about how much Walmart is hiring, <laughs> how much Amazon is hiring, just oh insane my gosh, numbers yes. of people. 150,000 people they can't over staff. the next two months, month that's and a wild. half. And they're, they're offering like, a lot that's compared large. to traditional, I mean, call it like, I, I, it, I went straight to like the jobs you and I, Aaron, I know had in like high school, right? You did, yeah. you did uh, serving at some point. I was working at mm-hmm. Blockbuster. You, you worked at a, a grocery Tanning store. Like, for me. Yeah, obviously. Because yeah. uh, you look so good all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do. But but my my point is like a bagger at a grocery store, especially if it's not one of the mega chains, a la Walmart, right? Their their ability to keep up with what Walmart and Amazon are willing to pay somebody to stock a warehouse shelf, which I'm, I'm exaggerating because I know a lot of that's sure. automated for Amazon now, but um, it's difficult. Like there there are lots of local restaurants that have started to fail because actually I was thinking about this the other night. I'd be really curious about your, your guys takes on this, but um, I, I think most of our listeners are, are familiar with the way that the U S food service industry works. And basically the company, the, the restaurant pays servers very little. And then the rest of their income is built off of tips, um, which is not normal throughout the world, but it's, it's also, kind of a constant source of frustration I feel like in the United States. Sure. And and I think it has gotten much more acute because the general public didn't change the way they tipped and the base wages for servers have changed very 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 little over the the recent history. But the right. same people can go get $18 an hour with benefits from from Amazon right around the corner because at least where I am, there's lots of opportunities to work for Amazon. There being at least one large distribution center, possibly even two now, um, yeah. within the metro- metropolitan area. And um, I don't know. It These just seems to be highlighting something that's that's a, a, a total fail of of how you kind of maintain that. Because um, I do think people would pay more for food. I think that's a very natural inflation. I pay more for apples than I did six weeks ago, or. or six months ago already sure but you go to a restaurant and their prices haven't changed a lot or they're they're starting to but i don't think that it it's commensurate with like wage changes and almost every store around us has postings up saying we're hiring we're trying to hire people but if i remember the way they used to try to hire us us in high school the three of us 
Like, no way. I would go work for Amazon or Walmart in a second for 15 to $18 an hour with benefits over Correct. YOLO on tips at a, yes. you know, a, a Tex-Mex place down the street. I, I think there's proof of, you know, the theory that people would pay more for food. You know, I, here's, here's my thought process. If you're paying servers more, you probably get more quality servers or people who want to do their jobs well. And cause you're probably still going to tip and that's never going to go away. Uh, yeah, by the way, um, at this point. a lesson that I learned many, many years ago when I was a kid, I actually told my dad about this the other day and he didn't remember. It's funny how kids remember things that their parents did, but their parents, yeah. your parents don't remember their own things they did. <clears throat> but I was probably <laughs> right. They don't think about it, but I think I was probably seven or eight years old and we were at a restaurant and I, I don't, I don't remember the restaurant or how big the bill was. I just remember my dad putting down a $20 bill for a tip. Mm. And I just remember thinking to myself, I was like, Oh my gosh, $20 is an unlimited amount of money. And <laughs> love it. That is, that is insane that my dad would just give this waiter $20. They're probably going to quit their job. And they, <laughs> and, and I, so I said, I said to him, I was like, dad, that's so much money. Why are you giving so much money for a tip? And he said to me, son, they need it more than we do. More than and that has stuck with me literally right. my entire life. <clears throat> and so I tip very generously. And I, and whenever, and some people have made comments to me about that over the years. And I literally just say the exact same thing to them. My dad said to me when I was like seven or eight years old. So first off, less than free people out there. They need it more than you do. So tip well. Uh, but the, <clears throat> you know, if you think of DoorDash or Uber Eats, those have been very successful. And you definitely pay more for your food there. And you're paying for a certain type oh, yeah. of service. Obviously, it's a different service. Uh, but nonetheless, I do believe, one, wholeheartedly, that service industry wages need to increase at the base level. Like the, the hourly wage needs to go up. And they can't keep having us subsidize their business with tips because it's too inconsistent. And there's too many people out there who, on a $200 bill, tip you know, four dollars or whatever it is, right? And right. it's just it's insane. A, it's to entirely me. a choice. There's no, there's yep. no regulation that holds it. It's, it, it's kind of like a perverse version of the restaurants that you'll, you know, read about every once in a while, where they, they will serve food to anyone, and then you pay what you think it's worth, sort of stuff. So the, those with means, yep. you know, can pay a hundred dollars for a sandwich, and those without means could literally get it for free. Um, but, but the perversion of tipping is that your mood or your you know particular socioeconomic position and more importantly your interpretation of that position right because it didn't stop you from going to the restaurant might stop you from tipping an appropriate amount which i would say an appropriate amount it's difficult as a as a us patron to even nail that down because you don't know how much a server is getting paid you don't know what the average tip is is coming in at. Now, I, I would argue. That I assume they make two dollars so, so an hour. That's what I mean, which is probably a, a good assumption. Like two dollars <laughs> yeah, and fifteen cents and stuff like that. Those those aren't unreal yeah. numbers. Which means yeah. that if you're in one of their tables, and and this is great too, because if you ever oh, but talk I make good anyone, money though. Like right, get it because when I was because you're nice, personable. Yeah. Well, and I and, worked and, and at so one probably of busted. The, yeah, I worked at a at one of the top five uh, Mexican restaurants. Yeah, oh, sorry. One of the top five on the borders in the nation, revenue-wise, every year, or every week, weekend and week out. So, hey, can we talk about the fact, like, why are we allowed to pay 
waiters and waitresses below I don't minimum know. wage. Like, why is that allowed? It's funny. Yeah. No, I'm with it's you. Ridiculous. I, I think I would, I would rather see. I mean, uh, I know y- European tipping is very, very different. So is service, though, which is was always a curious comparison, especially when I was overseas, when I was in high school and stuff like that. You know, you go, go to Austria, you go to Germany, you go to France. The the really touristy areas, especially if they knew you were American, which let's be fair, we stood out like a sore thumb, especially in high school, or I sure did with my friends. But um, oftentimes in the very touristy areas, they they would identify you as American. And we actually had wait staff get mad when we did not tip. And and I mean, did not tip more than like local norms, because when I was over there in high school, we was actually part of an exchange program. Like we had oh. other students that were with us that were German and stuff like that. And, and there were two restaurants in particular that I remember like angrily waiters coming after us because we left what was customary, which is basically rounding up your change to the closest euro and leaving that on the table, you know, per person, per pill, whatever it was. So, so there ended up being a few euro on the table at the time. And, and they were like, where's my 20%? Um, so they, they, they know about our tipping. Yeah. Tip yes. Fees, and they're sort of expecting I mean, I, you know, and it was rare. I I, I I don't want to, I don't want to paint that general picture that that happened all the time, but I remember distinctly a couple and one of them, the service was abysmal. I'm talking like coffee came out cold, sort of slow and just sort of, um, not, not even, you know, time of day sort of niceties. And, and then they were angry about the tip and I was like, Whoa, huge disconnect. We don't, we don't just tip because we showed up. We tip because service met or exceeded expectations, but, but it's still like those experiences always bring me back to like the way it functions now and and realizing that the servers in the United States get paid so, so, so little. But then you make an assumption that if everyone tips, right. you know, the customary 10, 15, 20 percent, then then they probably do OK. But it's it's total YOLO. It's like rolling the dice on whether or not your average patron is going to be terrible at this whole game or math. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm such a sucker. I mean, I just like I'm gonna tip twenty percent minimum, even if like my food doesn't show up. I, I just, it, I, it just like, like if you're if you're an exceptionally good server, like you're going to get thirty, sometimes thirty five percent. Like I nice. like I, I regularly on a you know, like most of my thirty dollar food bills turn into forty dollar or I'm sorry, um like 45 40 to $45 food bills like literally that's that's a very normal thing for me it's just i i don't know i just i think i just hate the way the whole thing is set up and i sure. and i like to think in my mind that i'm making that person's day better and so to me it's like yeah. it's very like it's a selfish thing almost that i do because it makes me we, feel better about what i was before, doing before i lose you um from the time here can we come back to what we were talking about here with the uh, the the growth of these companies? No, because I don't understand. Like, where where do we? How do where should we stop this? So Walmart employs two point three million people globally, one point six million people in yep. the United States. Pretty well. Amazon em- employs one point six million people. Walmart yep. is Walmart just came out two days ago, and they said they're going to hire another fifty thousand people. By the yeah, end of April, going to try to hire. Yes, that's true. People. That's true. <laughs> they want no, to. I, they want I, to. The headline is they want it. to hire more than fifty thousand right. employees. 
That is just. Well, and I saw an like, ad last year that Amazon was trying to do like 128,000. I mean, these are, these are huge numbers. These, yeah. these could suck all of the, you know, prime age that they're Correct. targeting out of well, any market they're in. Okay. But even that 50,000 over the next, uh, you know, month and a half, what month, where are we at in the month? Yeah. Over the next month and a half. Yeah. You, so a bunch of it is delivery drivers, personal shoppers, as they're calling them, et cetera. Uh, when you go and order online and have it delivered to your house. But part of this too is more than 5,000 engineers, data scientists, tech experts, yeah, cool. all this kind of stuff. Like, and Amazon is doing the same sort of thing. These two companies are vacuuming up tech people. Like if we want to so stay much, on the tech side so of this talent. conversation, yep. yes, the, 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 the level of effort of what they're doing is basically hiring people if they remotely smell like they're going to be valuable and then <laughs> dealing with it after the fact. No, seriously. Yeah, throw though. bodies at it, use the AI to clean it up. And then you have, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, man. I don't know. So I feel uncomfortable even saying the words of like, do you put a cap on the amount of people that a company can ah, have? Nope. Or no. you can't no. like, I, that's not, that's not the type of, that's not what I believe. That's not, but, that's not the economy that we function in. We, exactly. we function in the economy where if Walmart wants to hire 50,000 people and it includes everything from baggers, stalkers, truck drivers, and, and, you know, software engineers, then, then they better show up. But do they we better want to live in good a world offers and good benefits and and you have to fight for it. But do we want to live in a world where everyone works for Amazon or Walmart and they yeah, so have 10 million employees? It it's shouldn't a, a, be it, possible for them to constantly compete at top dollar for those people. It should not work itself out that way. Or you start to run into antitrust areas where they have so much control over the ability for their competitors to actually compete for talent. Well, that's what that there's probably what something from the, shady. From the antitrust piece, they're not acquiring people. They're just hiring more people and building more things. So is our government going to go to them and say, ah, you can't do that. No. You can't build autonomous vehicles. No, but so, but I'm, I, this is where I'm saying that the, the only way that they can sustain that workforce and maintain top-level pay for all of them is by providing a service that exceeds their competition. If their competition is providing a better service, then they should have the profit, the revenue to be more aggressive in the hiring and continue to do so. That competition should, big old rabbit ears over here, should work itself out. But I don't think the government should come in and say, you can't hire. That's messed up. But but we should make sure that their hiring practices are legal and that their mergers and acquisitions and the way that they're doing their business is above board, in my opinion. I um so I want to want to make this point before I have to go because I know the answer. Um, the um, <laughs> enlighten us, Russ. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to help. Uh, the uh, so I, and I think <clears throat> you guys know who Andrew Yang is. He's a he ran yeah. for president. He actually did pretty well. Um, seems like a underdog story. Uh, Bunks actually gave me a book by his. I've, I've probably gone through a few chapters of it so far. It's seems interesting. Like I don't agree guy. with everything the guy is saying. Yeah, he does seem like a very sharp guy. I agree. American uh, businessman, we should, we should, attorney, lobbyist, and political <clears throat> candidate. I, we should get him on the show. But the um, I reached out to him, by the way, to, to, to have questions. You know, I had just wanted to discuss universal basic income with him because I don't think I entirely agree with it, but I understand his premise. Here's an interesting tidbit about this whole thing because i've thought about this a significant amount because people people ask me you know it's like what's going to happen when there's four companies in the world and i think the concern is merit you know there's merit to the concern that, that you have aaron and there's there's merit to the thought process that you have tyler i do believe there is a 
there is sort of this non-linear nuance to the the issues with Amazon in particular because Amazon essentially has a business model that can operate at a loss for like 350 years. And and yeah, Bezos exactly. knows this. And Bezos exactly. is a fully aware of this. And he he even stated directly from his mouth, he expects the business to fail one day because of this. And so, but that does create a weird problem where he can continue to offer and in 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 cause issues with competitors, market availability of resources, etc., because he has this cross section of businesses that lift each other up over time while one is distinctly losing money. And the retail business in particular, heavily, heavily supported by Amazon. And when we talk about or sorry, AWS. So when we talk about, you know, people hiring 150,000 people, the majority of those are people to work with the retail store. There's obviously those engineers and data scientists, sure. et cetera. Yeah. But a What's... disproportionate amount of those are able to support that broader swath of $15 an hour employees. So I'll stop there for a moment and then I'll say, here's where I believe the market correction will have to take place or we as humanity will probably cease to exist. And this is what I firmly believe. This is why I'm, I don't know if UBI is something we necessarily need. At some point in time, for any business to exist, whether it's capitalism or communism, throw it in there because I talked about it, you have to have customers. And you can't yep. have customers if people don't have money. And so at some point in time, I believe, regardless of however many companies there are and antitrust bills and all of this, there will be a, a breaking point where we realize we have to figure out what we do, not just to ensure people have jobs, but businesses won't continue. For instance, Amazon will not be a business if it's the only business. And yeah, even right. if it's only Amazon and no, Walmart, if you have two, they won't, if you have Amazon exist. and Walmart, let's say I, I work for Amazon and I shop at Amazon and Walmart. If you shop at Amazon problem? and Walmart, the breakdown in that? I'll, I'll tell you exactly where it is. Amazon and Web Services will, Walmart and Amazon yeah. Web Services will not be able to continue to support the retail business for for Amazon's retail, and they won't be able to employ the same amount of people to run this. They won't be able to build their robots because there won't be any companies out there to build their robots for them. So none of these businesses stand completely on their own. They are supported by other businesses. And so at some point in time, when those businesses don't have customers, they won't be able to support their other clients. It's just, there's that's the way the world works. And so that's why I believe that while universal basic income very well may be something we need at some point, I, I don't know enough about that. I just think that the idea behind UBI, that there won't be work for people, kind of flies in the face of the fact that businesses only exist with customers. And if you don't have money, yeah. you can't be a customer. So that's my overarching theme behind the, the process yeah. here. I think it's going to be ugly no, by the time we get there, but there's, there's the element you, behind it. You, you know what's interesting? And I'm going to say this, and then I got to shut down because I also have to leave uh, right right now as well as Russ. Um, but it, it, if if what you said is, is true, it sounds totally reasonable. UBI would actually facilitate the consolidation down to a two-company entity because the problem with Amazon and Walmart hiring and and holding everybody, right, is that those people's income pays taxes. They get a percentage of it as net. They spend it on their home, which is probably not Amazon or Walmart. Hopefully, fingers crossed. They don't cross over and say literally everything. Their vehicle, insurance, stuff like that. But then their remaining dollars would be the only dollars available to go back into Amazon and Walmart. And it is not 100% of their take home, which means that it's a cycle that can't facilitate. Introduce UBI. And now it's 
basically tax dollars that are going back yep. and being funneled into the pockets of people that would then turn around and spend it at the only two companies in the world. Well, that has facilitated the, the funneling of all income back to Amazon and Walmart, which effectively makes them state-sponsored. And it's starting to look a lot like a different system, right? So yep. um, like the concept of UBI, I think is fascinating. But if you're worried about Amazon and Walmart being the only places to work, you probably don't want it at least <laughs> without some more coherent oversight. So it's funny how sometimes Tyler and I's brains work so similarly when we're very different people. But I in, in the in the, the reality, so Andrew, sneak peek, that's the point I want to discuss. Like that's that's why I when I look at this with my my theory, I'm using air quotes here, it is what it is. Yeah. It's not a theory, it's fact. You need customers <laughs> to sustain a business. You do. I want to know what happens whenever this basically helps facilitate the thing that in my mind, I believe trying. we're trying to use UBI to solve. Now, here's the yeah. thing. I'm willing to have the conversation. I'm not sitting sure. here and saying that this is the dis distinct end game here. But I think when no, we course. think about this at theory level, I just don't know if it considers that what I believe to be a very fundamental basis of fact and so right. i i want to i just that's you what i want to talk some, about you so. may need some clever solutions to the the problems but then it, it's like you're you're introducing something to solve a problem you think you have you're creating all these you know tertiary problems secondary tertiary yep. problems and then you're spending all this time trying to solve those and it turns out well maybe it was a bad idea to, <laughs> to well, let me leave you with this statement or let me leave you with this fact uh, i'm not too worried because facts, it's only 1.3 percent of the people employed <laughs> in the U.S. that work for either Amazon or Walmart, one point three percent. There you go. Okay, so maybe now, the other how you look is, at it. That's either a small sure number, or that's a really large yeah. number. I still think that's a really number. large number, but but here, let's 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 be selfish, uh, United States citizens. Let's just let the rest of the world have universal basic income, and then Walmart and Amazon can be the only two entities in the entire world. And and then it's just other national wealth that's funding. The oh yeah. wait, no, that also sounds awful. Uh, when do yeah, we start feeding the plant with uh, slurm or whatever it is? <laughs> Anyways, that brings another tech breakfast podcast to a close. Man, I'm glad we're back in the seat. I hope we can do this more often. Uh, schedules have not been kind, but it has been fun. And uh, and that's it for the show today. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, you know keeping us on the subscri subscriber list. And uh, we'll keep making content, throwing it your way. And we'll talk to you guys next week. I hope, fingers crossed. Bye. The physical planet is a sphere. Thus, everything is cyclical. Later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. Goodbye. YouTube Harry Mac. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Bye.